0: Welcome, everybody, to the Other Side Sports Podcast. This is Joe Pickney, and I got my main man, Anthony Ortiz. Anthony, how's it going, buddy? Oh, man,
1: doing pretty good this morning. Woke up not that long ago, about 15 minutes ago. Had the day off yesterday, so it's been a good morning. I know we've got, man, we've got a lot to talk about today, so buckle up, guys. This is going to be a fire episode.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. We're uh, obviously everybody, you know, who follow us and listen to the pod, um, we try to stick to sports, but you know this has just been a crazy year, and none nothing uh, to add on top of just the 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 craziness, the sadness, the hurt, the pain. Um, you know, last night, late last night, um, I got off from work and I saw a text from my wife and uh, Chadwick Bozeman, the Black Panther, um, apparently had stage four cancer and he passed away. And uh, man, just another gut punch to, uh, you know, to everyone in terms of, you know, 2020, you know, Kobe, uh, Bozeman, what's going on with social justice, racial inequality, uh, the doggone pandemic. It's just crazy, man. It's crazy. So it's been a crazy year. And we normally stick to sports. We'll do a little sports, but we'll just mostly talk about just kind of events that are, that are going on in this world once again in the boycott of the NBA. I know, Anthony, you know, we exchanged some texts. I know you got some strong, strong, uh, some strong, strong uh, feelings that you want to get off your chest as well as I do. So, fans, just bear with us as we, you know, we have to navigate this stuff, you know. Because it's uh it's playing out right before our eyes, so it's still going to be a fun podcast, but it will be very serious, and uh, we just want to lay it out as best as we can. So let's get rolling, buddy.
1: All right, sounds good. Yeah, we'll we'll hit up. Like I said, we got some NASCAR playoffs, Daytona tonight. We got some sports stuff to talk about, but obviously we got to start start uh, unfortunately with the, another tragedy um, that happened earlier. Uh, in the week, I think it happened on Sunday uh, last weekend, uh, which was the Jacob Blake. I mean, just straight up murder by the police. I don't know how else to even say, but if you, I'm sure most people saw the video. I mean, it's been pretty much viral now for a week, and uh, you know Jacob Blake. From from what it sounds like, he showed up. Uh, at an apartment complex, he had some friends getting two female friends that were getting into a fight. He was trying to break the fight up. Police were called, and somehow in another, I guess, him being the male in the domestic apparent domestic assault, you know, look at least what it looked like for the police, even though he really had nothing to do with it. Um, you know, he was you know, thrown to the ground or tried or whatever. And, and somehow that ended up him getting seven bullets in his back and unarmed, another unarmed black man, no weapon, no anything. And then of course the police detail starts to come out later in the week, no body cameras. Of course, I'm, I'm so sick and tired of seeing no body cameras, man. I just, Oh God, it's just driving me insane, but no body cameras on any of the cops and, You know, he didn't have a weapon. He had a knife in his car is where they found it on the floorboard. No gun, no nothing. And now you've got another, you know, 29-year-old young black man that's sitting in a hospital, laying in a hospital bed right now, paralyzed from the waist down. Lucky to even be freaking alive, to be honest. So, you know, this brought outrage, obviously, to everybody I when I first saw it. I mean, I guess I'll start there. When I first saw it, I was, like, so freaking pissed off. Like, I just could not believe it because, you know, the video just shows you got three cops, man, and the one guy's got the got the guy by the back of his shirt, and then all of a sudden you just hear it pop, 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 and, I mean, it's point-blank range. We're talking about, like, a foot away from the guy. And I just – it just had so many questions to me. Like, I just – I don't understand if it's three guys and there's three versus one. How in the hell can you not get that guy to the ground and get handcuffs on him if you feel that that was what was warranted? That's what I just don't understand, man. I mean, I believe I'm in no good – a good-shaped person at all myself. I am a short, 30-year-old, overweight individual, and you put me and two of my buddies and we need to get somebody to the ground that is three-on-one. I'm pretty sure three-on-one we can get somebody to the ground. Who, who, you know, he needs to go down. So the fact that that gun was even used was just, just baffles me. So that's kind of where I'll start. The The video is just outrageous. I just could not believe it. Um, And then the body cam thing, man, we got to kind of talk about that a little bit. The fact that there's no... Uh, it's not mandatory that police carry body cams right now. I mean, after everything that's gone on in the last year to two years, I mean, I'm talking George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Aubrey, and that's just a few. I mean, I, if I had a list, I could go through about 20 of them that's happened in the last few years. Like, how in the hell is body cams not, how is it not mandatory for all precincts? I just have no idea. So I'll just kind of scratch the surface on that, and then I'll kind of let you get your take, Joe, because obviously this hits more home to you than it does to me, but but it surely pisses me off, you know, pretty bad.
0: Yeah, man. And, and just for, you know, uh, just wanted to go back. Um, you didn't mean murder, you mean attempted murder. Cause like you said, he, 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 yeah, he, uh, you know, he survived, he's, uh, uh, you know, paralyzed from the waist down. And, uh, apparently I, I, I don't think they were able to get actually all the, uh, all the uh, bullets out due to the fact that there's, I think there's something that's resting on a very critical nerve. You know, I'm not a doctor or anything, but just kind of following up on, on, you know, they just could not do it. I think if if they did that, he probably would have died. So kudos to the, kudos to the, uh, you know, the surgeons, the medical staff on actually preserving the life. And one thing I want to, one thing that I want to, as a black man, just, bring to bring to the table okay what happens after that so yeah he was he was over there it was a dispute so apparently you know and I'm I'm just going to be real Jacob Blake in terms of a, a as a normal citizen is compared to me and you you know I don't have a criminal background I don't think you have a criminal background nope. but he has Do couple, not. yeah he has a criminal background and And what do they do? They go and start character assassinating him. Right. And I just want to let people know that this guy had been tried uh, by a jury of his peers and he was convicted on certain things and he did his time. Okay, he did have a couple of allegations that were, you know, that's neither here nor there. But at the same time. He is not being tried. This double jeopardy stuff with black and brown people drives me nuts, man, in terms of once they figure out they have fucked up something, then they want to go and dig up something on the person just to make sure that, that they're justified for doing something stupid, as in shooting a guy seven times in the back at point-blank range, as you said, with his freaking kids in the car. I mean, I'm so sick of that, man. I'm so sick of how they they just, they 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 see no other way in terms of Somehow we got to justify that. You know, my thing is, you know, my thing is, as a black man, if I have, I know a lot of people who have been arrested for doing bad things and they're black. I don't have a problem with that because that's how the legal system works. That's how it works, man. But for whatever reason, cops have gone from Zero to 25 in a matter of minutes. There's no more de-escalation process. Like you said, there's three guys there. You need to get the guy on the ground. You were trained. You went through the uh, officer's training course to be able to do that. What about the taser? Why couldn't you tase the guy? And they say, well, they tried to tase him but it didn't work. Well, guess what? Tase him again or shoot him in the leg. I'm, I'm just sick of these kill shots is what I call it because it was attempted murder. That's all it was. And it did not work. So man, I'm 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 just over it with all the things that go on when it comes to apprehending or arresting black and brown people. There is a double standard that does not happen to white people. And what happens is we get all these videos that comes out and shows. The, just the difference and yeah some of the videos you're you know people i'm pretty sure people are editing the videos to to make it seem one way or the other but the simple fact is there have been too many black and brown people that have been killed that have been hurt that have been just just you know not even tried the right the right way in terms of uh the the proper way to apprehend people i'm sick of it man
1: yeah i agree with you and you know i i got A lot of stuff to piggyback onto there. Uh, First of all, yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, a lot of times these killings are for people that, you know, have had a criminal background, but man, these cops are not the judge, the juries and the executioners out on the streets, right? That's not what their job is to do. So that really just like, you know, irks me. You got a guy that's got a criminal background. That has nothing to do with it. It's about the situation. Um, and then, you know, I, I got to throw this, this quote that Charles Barkley said this week, cause this is how I felt all week, man. And I'm not, obviously I'm not African American. I'm, I'm Hispanic. But I kind of fit myself into this category. I feel Charles Barkley said, and I quote this, I wrote this down because I thought it was so powerful. He said – he said, "Man, it's just—it's sometimes in this country it's exhausting being black." That's what he said this week, earlier on an NBA uh, TNT earlier in the week. And and dude, I feel the same way because this week I've been exhausting trying to listening to the other side, you know, where people are trying to justify these murders and attempted murders. It's just freaking exhausting, man. Um, you hit the nail on the head as well. You said one word that I really, really. I've been kind of going through all week and that word is de-escalation man. Cops job really need to be to de-escalate these situations. Okay. Uh, for a lot of you guys, I don't never talk about it on the pod. So I'm sure a lot of people don't know, but you know, I'm a supervisor for a large warehouse. So that's kind of what I do as my nine to five job, even though it's not nine to five, it's more of a night shift. And as a supervisor who leads 25, 30 people, de-escalation training is something that I go through twice a year with a, somebody who's, you know, in that is like a pro in that role. They come in and they do de-escalation training with us and I'm not out on the streets dealing with, you know, the community. I'm dealing with a small group of individual in a private setting. So the fact that these cops don't aren't masters of de-escalation, it's just sad, man. It really is sad. And, and you're, you're right, man. They always go for the shoot to kill. And I can't stand that either. That's something that really needs to be addressed. Um, I don't know if it's. Look, I'll be honest, and I hate to say this too, because my father was military, but I do think sometimes that we get the military guys into the police, and it's not the right. It's not the right fit because in the military you are taught to, sh- taught to shoot to kill. Well, you know, here in America, when we're going against civilians, I don't shoot to kill. Not the right option. I agree 100% with what you said. You had three cops there. You had one attempt to tase them. Tase them again. You got two other officers there that got taser guns on their on their you know hips. You've got batons on you like you've got so many options to get the guy to the ground as to where shooting him in the leg to me would have been the last resort I would have even thought to shoot him in the freaking back and especially seven times like come on man like if that's not excessive that I don't know what the hell excessive is seven spray shots point blank in your back I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. So this week, like I say, just, just all the, the stuff, like say, I've been at a lot of uh, talks this week, a lot of uh, arguments with people, and then, you know, the other thing that I wanted to point out, because I saw this stat, so I looked the stats up last night so that I made sure I had the right information, but, you know, you get all these People that say, well, whites get shot by the police more than, uh, than than blacks do. Okay, well, that is true. But if you take the black and Latino number and you add it up, it is equal to the white number. Okay, so you look at that on the surface and say, well, they get shot just as much. Well, now. If Take into consideration that 67% of America is white. And these are numbers that I just pulled off the census this morning. 67% of America is white, 15% is African American, 13% is Hispanic. So you're telling me that 27% of America get shot the same amount of time as 67%. That means if you're black or brown, you're like four times more likely to get shot, man. And that that lies the problem. It's ridiculous. It's insane. Um, you know, the the black Black and brown skin is sometimes worse than having white, the black and brown skin standing in public by yourself sometimes is worse than having white skin standing there with a freaking assault rifle and that's just the that's just the bottom line so i'm just done with it i'm i I don't even know what else to say um i want reform i don't necessarily want defund the police but i want police reform something's got to change and unfortunately we've been sitting here waiting for change for a long time and nothing's really got done about it
0: yeah, man, um, there, there's definitely in the thing that I hate, too, and, and that's why I really don't get into politics. I, I just can't do it because you're either too left or you're too right. There's really no more of the middle. I'm, that's just that's just the way the country is now. And, man, I just I just can't stand it. So I don't um, do the political thing. But I definitely know that it, it's it, this whole uh, election year is shaped up against us versus them And there's two things that fit into the us versus them. The very, very haves, the have-nots, black and white. That's that's what this thing boils down to. And and we'll we'll just see what happens, man. It's crazy. Another thing I want to go back to in terms of just how this country is, and I thought about, you know, like you said, black and brown. We still have, to this day, kids – in cages that are of Latino descent that have been separated from their families, and the story has just gone away that's how that's how screwed up this country is man it, it, yep. it's, that's how that's how screwed up this country is man and 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 i I just man it's 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 at a tipping point, and I just hope and pray that whatever the results of this election be. There will be peace and hopefully people can rally around behind whoever our new leader is going to be, whether it's freaking Trump, whether it's uh, Biden. We got this country at some point has got to stop and say, look, we have to get better. If not, man, I I just I'm I'm scared about the next couple of months especially when we get into uh october and november i i really am for the country man because i've seen some things man um i had uh even even myself you know you know how the mask no mask and everything and uh mm-hmm. yep and uh probably about you know i'm gonna tell this story probably about uh probably about three weeks ago it was a saturday after we did the pod and uh, my wife and I, we had gone out to uh, our local Sam's Club. And, and uh, you know, everybody's, you know, it's a great sunny day. Uh, everybody's, you know, people just being people, right? Mask up. It's mandatory. You can't enter a Sam's Club without a mask, right? Yep. So this guy of white descent, he just walked. First, he comes to the door. And, you know, they're trying to do the social distancing, so they had the door locked. So he snaps at this young girl. Um, why is this door uh, why why is this door locked like that? Young girl, and and I uh, was a young white girl, and she was just trying to explain. He just passed by her. And he didn't have the mask on. So the lady that's the that elderly black lady that was wiping down the carts, and you know she he he went to pull a cart that wouldn't wipe down. She said, "Sir, she said I hadn't I hadn't wiped that car down that cart cart down." And he was like, it doesn't matter anyway. This is all, all this stuff, people just being brainwashed. So she says, sir, you can't have the cart. So he snatches the clean cart from her. And at that point, man, my, I, my blood is just boiling. First, he doesn't have the mask on. Right. So I'm just sitting there staring at the guy. He sees me staring at him too. So my wife's like, honey, come on. I don't want any trouble. I, it just really bothered me. So there's a long line and uh so he just gets out of that line that's i think he was going to the uh customer service desk well long story short so he grabs a cart and he's just milling around the store and doesn't have a mask on and i'm at that point i'm just my blood is boiling so i don't know you know always i don't know where things i could just tell when something's gonna happen so as we're going, we're in the back part, and my wife goes down this aisle to look at detergent. And this guy and this lady, uh, another Sam's Club employee, she kind of blocks it off. And, and she's, uh, you know, telling people you can't go down the aisle because there's been an accident. So this guy, he comes rushing down the aisle with this cart, right? And <laughs> my wife is walking up, and he he hits her purse with the, with the uh, cart. Dude, I lost it, okay? And I go charging at this guy, man, and people had to, you know, I said some bad words and my wife had to restrain me and stuff like that. So this guy, but if you could see the fear on his face, okay, if you could see the fear on his face, he started playing the victim role, dude, okay? And so that just lets you know, I don't know if this guy's a plant, a bait or whatever, but that just kind of lets you know what we're dealing with. And I just hope it doesn't, you know, escalate to anything. Uh, It's just sad where we're at.
1: Nah, man. Yeah, it's a great story. And I'm sure we've all kind of experienced the quote unquote anti-maskers where we're kind of from. So it's (laughs) it's been, you know, a crazy couple of weeks and now more conspiracies are coming out more than ever. So it's just it's been a wild time. But. Yeah, man, you know, Doc Rivers, I got to give him credit, you know, before we kind of end on this subject and try to get to sports. But Doc Rivers, I got to give him credit for what he said because he kind of branched out. If anybody hasn't seen Doc Rivers' speech, I, you know, I can't even paraphrase it because it was so strong. But I definitely urge you to get on YouTube and, and get on there and look at it because it was great. Um, the only positives uh, negatives that I have about that speech kind of not to go too political here but you know Doc Rivers does come out twice in his speech and says look the only way we're going to change this is if you go out and vote and I challenged Jack to that uh, doc a little bit on that comment because I believe that police brutality against black and brown people has been going on in this country for a long, long time. So whether we've had Republican leaders, Democrat leaders, no matter what we've had, it's been a problem and nobody has solved the problem. So I know a lot of times I am by no means a Trump supporter, God, by any means. However, to kind of like just imply, even imply that this is only a three or four year problem it's it's just it's kind of ignorant honestly it's been a problem going on for a long long time way before trump was was president or anything like that so i didn't quite care for that statement that doc made but everything else he said from the heart and it was a great great quote so i really liked everything else about that and i gotta be honest man i'm just proud of the nba for what they did and i know a lot of people are are against the protesting and against everything right now but you know when you get to the riots in the streets and all that you know i'm not a hundred percent condoning that stuff but i did have a a uh, 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 African American friend of mine who told me a great quote this week and and he kind of he said this is how I kind of uh view those riots in the streets, he said, you can't appreciate Martin Luther King Jr. unless we had Malcolm X. He said, you wouldn't have appreciated Martin Luther King as much, uh, if with his peaceful, if unless we had Malcolm X, who went a little bit more to the extreme. And that quote kind of like really opened my eyes, and I kind of really get it now with the riots. So that's kind of the quote I've been using to everybody that tells me about the riots, and it kind of makes, you know, really kind of puts everything into perspective. But NBA to boycott playoff games like they did Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I guess we're getting back to some real basketball today, which of course I'm happy about because I love basketball, but I thought it was great. I thought the Bucks did a great job, kind of starting the ball rolling, and man, it hit the it hit the Bucks hard. This happened, you know, in Wisconsin, forty miles from their facility. This hit home to them. So for them to do the boycott, I thought was great. And and really, what the boycott? A lot of people say, well, what's a boycott gonna do? You're just basketball players. You know, these owners of these teams, they do not have any problem going to these city uh, mayors and elected officials and say, hey, we need a new arena. Let's do this. Let's do this to generate. Rate revenue for the city so now all these players are just asking for is like hey you know my billionaire owner when you go and have these conversations with these mayors and city elected officials and whoever you know can you start getting a little plan together maybe on police reform so that we don't see this stuff happening that's really all they're asking for and i think boycotting the games was a a great way to kind of send the message and i think it did hit the owners a little bit hard and i just i hope and pray these players man they've got a platform. Platform, and they're using it, and these owners got deep, deep pockets, and they've already got those relationships with these you know, mayors, governors, elected officials and it's just it's time that the sports I, I don't want just be sports to change it, obviously, but it's time that sports and especially sports owners, you know, do their part and they're trying to make this thing better for everybody.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man.
1: <clears throat> Chris Broussard brought up a he brought up a he he gave a wonderful uh
0: comparison to just the power of ownerships in the in, in in the reach of these billionaires. I don't know if I don't know if people remember but Meek Mill was in prison for about six months, and you'd had, you know, like Jay-Z, Kevin Hart, uh, a lot of uh, top-notch Black entertainers had been working on trying to get him uh, out of jail, and apparently, uh, uh, I forgot who it was, I think Jay-Z was at a a meeting, um, and Robert Kraft happened to be at the meeting, and apparently they talked about the Meek Mill situation, so... Uh, Robert Kraft and Michael Rubin, the other uh, owner of the uh, Philadelphia 76ers, they went and talked with Meat Mill, okay? Two weeks later, two weeks later after Jay-Z and them, and Jay-Z's a billionaire, mind you, uh, had been trying for six months to get him out. Robert Kraft and Michael Rubin got him out of prison and all charges dropped in less than two weeks. So don't tell, wow. So don't tell me... Those guys don't have the power to make change. You see what I'm saying? Yep, so absolutely. It's, man. It's, it's 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 crazy, man. So yeah, these, these these guys and and one more thing. I'm telling you right now, man, the NFL better look out because with the boycotts. These these players, these NFL players now, have recognized the power that they have, and they're still talking. There's some simmering, smoldering. You know, we had a couple of practices canceled and things of that nature. There's still some simmering and smoldering about possibly boycotting to send a message too. And, if, and our owner, Jerry, Jerry Jones, you know, Jerry was hard line on kneeling, and, and, and there will be no kneeling. Everybody will be total line, hand over heart for the cowboys or they won't be in the uniform now he's saying we got to compromise i think jerry realized that 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 whole deal about what he's talking about is not going to fly anymore because you ultimately need the players to play that sport in order to generate the revenue and i just think now they got to get out in front of this or the nfl is going to have that issue too
1: yeah totally agree um i think the nfl because the NFL doesn't start for another three weeks. I think that the Players Association, the owners, the players, everything will come together. And to be honest, I don't anticipate boycotting. I know that I've seen where some players might boycott, um, but I think that with the compromise together, they're going to do something. Don't get me wrong. They're going to do something. Um, but yeah, you're right. The NFL's got to get in front of it, get with the players, and see exactly what they want to do. I think they should do some kind of protest before the game or, or you know, they got got. got to do something strong, because especially that Thursday night game where the Chiefs uh, are opening up, I can't even remember who they open up against, man, but they open up in like two weeks on a Thursday night in primetime TV, you know, there's going to be millions of people watching that game, so... I think that they definitely could do something big and I definitely look for it. And like I say, man, I can, I'm happy for these guys to use their voice and go out there and do it. Cause it, it really does make a difference and they have a lot more power than what people give them credit for.
0: Absolutely, man. Well, look, great, great uh, conversation as as always on these topics, you know, I think we try to do the best. We're not experts, but Hey man, we, we got to get in. This is a big, uh saturday especially and weekend especially with with what's coming up tonight we got the uh the uh, race in daytona tonight cup race that's going to be awesome we got you know that points battle that everybody's going to be looking at we got the nba we got the future nba champion lakers taking the court again (laughs) so uh yeah man it's going to be great so uh give me give me your uh Your perspective on the race, what you're looking for. I know you got a lot invested in this with Matty D being nine, you know, nine points to the good. But we know how that goes with the restrictor plate racing. So go ahead, bud. Turn it loose.
1: All right, man, Daytona tonight, playoff cutoff race, playoff start after tonight. So, um, yeah, man, so for everybody, kind of what you expect tonight, expect a wild, wild race tonight. Um, Obviously, the drivers that are going to be under the spotlight are going to be the guys that are not locked into the chase. So kind of looking at the numbers, Clint Boyer, he's like 60 points to the good. The only way Clint Boyer is not going to make the chase is if he, like, finishes last and then Byron and Matt D and Jimmy Johnson go out, finish first, second, third, and get stage points at all, both stages. So I'd say Boyer's got to, you know, he's pretty much locked in when the green flag drops tonight. So it's pretty much going to leave. You got Matt D, nine points to the good. You got Willie B four points to the good. You got Johnson four points out. And then everybody else kind of who's the pressure is going to be on tonight. And the reason I say everybody else is because I'm telling you, I just have a feeling tonight. You know, somebody like a Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Who's a really good restricted plate racer. Somebody like a Bubba Wallace. Even a Tyler Reddick they go out and win Daytona tonight and they're in the playoffs. And what that's going to do then is that's going to cut down, you know, if, if, if they don't get a surprise winner, then two of the three will make it between Maddie D Byron and Johnson. But if somebody like a bubble or Tyler Reddick or Stenhouse go out and win, then you're only talking about one of those three guys making it, whoever's the highest in point. So it's going to be a wild race. Um, to be honest, what I expect, I have a feeling that we're going to see some guys making some desperate moves and I have a, you know, like a Stenhouse above a Wallace. And I think you're going to see kind of a crash fest. I think you're going to see several big ones. The Xfinity race last night was a freaking wreck fest, man. i got a chance to watch that last night near the end, the last 50 laps. And it was just like caution after caution after caution. So I kind of expect to see more of the same tonight. You're going to see desperate people making desperate moves. And you're going to see wreckage. Ultimately, I do not expect that we will see a first-time winner. I have a gut that you're going to have somebody close. You're going to have somebody in the ballpark of it, but I don't think you're going to see a new winner tonight. I think you're going to see one of the guys who's been winning, like a, you know, uh, Kevin Harvick, a Chase Elliott. I think ultimately one of those guys are going to win. The Penske guys are always really good on restrictor plates. So I wouldn't be surprised if one of them win. So the points battle is going to come down to Jimmy, Byron, and Matty D. Man, I'm hoping and praying and biasing me that it come, turns out to be Matt D and Johnson as the two that get in. Nothing against William Byron. I just, eh, kid doesn't do a whole lot for me. And I obviously I love Matty D, and I really want to see Jimmy get in on his last year, kind of his last hurrah. So that's what I'm hoping for. That's kind of what I'm thinking is going to happen. That's what I predict. But we'll see. It's going to be wild. I've been watching a lot of Sirius XM this week, and it sounds like – the thing that Maddie D is going to have going for him is it sounds like the Ford camp is really, really pushing to get the 21 into the chase. They really want to see the Wood brothers into the chase for multiple reasons. Obviously, that's another Ford. But, you know, that relationship that Ford has with, you know, Leonard Wood and, and the Wood brothers is huge. So I would expect the Penske guys and also the Stuart Haas guys. To really help the 21 car Obviously when you get down to the end of the race It's all bets are off And it's every man for himself But I think you're going to see the Penske guys And the Stuart Haas guys really drafting with the twenty one to kind of get him up near the front. And I think that might hurt Byron and Johnson a little bit because they're not going to have that allegiance. Even though they're Hendrick Motorsports, you know, you can't help the guy you're racing with to try to get into the bubble. So I think them them guys being on the bubble together is gonna hurt them a little bit. So man, it's gonna be a wild, crazy race and I can't wait for it.
0: Yeah, I kinda got my own Stenhouse, man. You know, he runs well down there, especially at night. Um I I just just something about him, man. Just keep an eye on him. Hopefully he doesn't crash out because he's gonna make it inter- interesting. Yeah, I saw your uh I was following you a little bit on uh Twitter while I was at work and I saw where you were over somebody or I I I, I forgot who it was, but Ross Chastain, man. Yeah, I'm yeah. Done with Ross Chastain. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. So uh yeah, man. Uh it's definitely probably gonna be a crash fest in in, in that uh in that final uh uh what you call it stage Stage, so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy man i i can't wait to wait to see it um i i don't think bubble will win i i mean i could be wrong but i i just don't think he would he's gonna win um i just want to see some great racing but it's gonna be how is the weather is the weather gonna be okay i mean i know it's typical uh florida I, i i i didn't see where there was going to be any chance of uh it not running because of rain but I, i'm not too sure of that
1: yeah so the best we can kind of ask for for uh august in daytona um it looks like it's like gonna rain during the day you got like a 60 70 chance of rain and then after sundown about you know after the evening time I should say about six o'clock it drops down to like twenty percent so okay you know yeah. considering it's an eight o'clock start time even if it stops raining about five five thirty that's giving plenty of time to have the track dry and ready to race you know on scheduled time so best you can kind of hope for in Daytona you know there's always a chance of a pop up shower here or there but yeah I hope weather's not an issue
0: yeah and you know to to all to new fans they got lights and with this being the last race they'll 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 run they'll run that sucker probably one in the morning if they need oh, yeah. to in order to uh in order to get it in so so get get ready it's gonna be a great night but it could possibly be a long night but uh, I'm, I'm i'm ready for it man i'm gonna have uh the race on i'm gonna have be looking at the phone looking at the future champion lakers so we're good <laughs> yeah
1: man. <laughs> so yeah i don't know about the future champion lakers but um yeah i'm just kind of real quick uh before i make my daytona prediction winner for tonight uh and then we'll kind of move on to the NBA. I'll just kind of touch on the situation that happened last night since you brought it up a little bit. So I know you were working last night, so you probably didn't get a chance to see it. But Infinity Race was an absolute crash fest. So when they got down to it, you had like 10 guys that were in the lead pack with 10 laps to go. The top three guys were Collig racing. So Matt Collig, he's the guy that's talking about moving up with Spire next year with Justin Haley and Ross Chastain. So you had A- AJ Allmendinger leading second was his teammate, Ross Chastain thirds, his teammate, Justin Haley. So the three Collig racing guys, they're an RCR affiliation, by the way, run, run, uh, run Chevrolets. So, uh, you got two Fords in fourth and fifth, which was Briscoe and cindric great Fords. They're the only two Fords in the whole field. So they were trying to work together all night because Xfinity just doesn't have any Fords in the field, man. Two Fords in the whole race. So they get Haley out and they shuffle him back to like seventh place. So now you got Chastain blocking for Almondinger, teammates. Dinger leading the race. They get the white flag and they've been running like this now for like five laps. And I'm like, man. This is going to be, you know, Dinger's got this race one. He's got his teammate behind him. He's looking great. They run a half a lap. No problem. They go down into turn three, and Ross Chastain just absolutely dumps A.J. Almondinger. I don't care what anybody says. They say, well, Dinger was a little late on that block. Dude, it's your freaking teammate, and you're pushing him at Daytona. Nobody expects you to just dump your teammate going into turn three at Daytona. So it causes a big wreck, you know, Cindric, Briscoe, all of them get involved and then surprisingly enough just how fate kind of works, Justin Haley misses the wreck for Colleague and he ends up winning anyways, so Colleague Gracing ends up getting a win anyways, but now instead of a potential 1-2-3 finish or like a 1-2-5 finish now they got two wrecked race cars and and, you know, one car that won, and it just, man, it's just put me out. I've already kind of been out on Ross Chastain because he has some very questionable driving tactics in the past, but to just dump your teammate going out into turn three at Daytona when you guys are running one-two, i just never seen anything like it, man. I mean, imagine if, uh, imagine if Chase is leading the race tonight and, you know, Bowman's running second and they get to turn three and Bowman just dumps Chase. I mean, imagine what the, what Chase would kind of think about that. I mean, it's just crazy. I couldn't believe that Chastain even did that move. It was just not a teammate thing to do. So I've already said, I've already been kind of out on Ross Chastain a little bit because of his, how he drives. And last night that just did it for me. I'm like, all right, I'm done with this guy. I can't, Uh, No fan at all. I don't like them at all. I don't want them to succeed at all. I'm just, I'm done with them. Too many bonehead moves for me to even, even stick with. So that's kind of just to paraphrase what happened last night. Uh, Tonight. You'll be happy to hear this, man, but uh, I expect Chase Elliott to win the night. <laughs> I know I seems like I pick Chase like every like two or three weeks. I pick Chase, but Chase is a great restrictor plate racer. He's my he's the guy I think's going to win tonight. I think the other Hendrick guys are going to be battling. You know Johnson and uh, and and Byron are going to be so lost in the sauce of trying to make the chase. I don't think they're going to win. I think Chase is going to have a really strong car. He always does at Daytona Talladega, and I think he's going to get the W tonight. So I've got you know obviously Hamlin's a great at Daytona the Penske guys so there's a lot of other options but my gut tells me Chase Elliott wins and carries some momentum going into the playoffs man that's
0: a great pick
1: by you man I appreciate the support too
0: <laughs> we we really do man but hey I'm,
1: last time uh, I picked him he won
0: remember that absolutely <laughs> yeah so won. and then I went in the opposite direction so I'm going in the opposite direction again and uh, I'm gonna pick Denny Hamlin I know people get tired of Denny winning but uh just Denny's excellent at uh Daytona and uh I I, I think he's a five piper man oh man he, he's excellent man so I think Denny's gonna win but I think it's just gonna be a wild wild race man and uh I, I, I you know I'm looking forward to it tell you that so I'm I'm definitely gonna have that up on the uh on the big screen and and just sit back and 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 enjoy this this afternoon of sports, man. Good stuff, brother. Good
1: stuff. Yeah, man. Really, really going to like it. All right. So let's go to the NBA. So first question. We'll jump right in. I got a question for you right out of the gate because I've been pondering this for the last few days. So with this boycott and you've got now we haven't played a game in three, four days for some of these teams. Does that help the Clippers or does that help the Lakers more uh, with this boycott? What do you think about that? Let me know what you think, and then I'll kind of give you my my assessment.
0: Okay, so you know, uh, I don't I don't want to be a fence rider here, but it's going to help both. Well, as long these teams think about it, the Lakers annihilated. Uh, uh, Portland, the last time. I mean, straight up, at one point they was they were they were up by forty. I think it was thirty nine. And then what happened? The Clippers saw that and they went out. And they, just, they just annihilated Dallas, right? Yep. So, yep. So the the for those for those two teams, the the it's like okay, you did this. I'm gonna do this um the amount of rest I, I just think those teams in 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 my estimation and in and in, 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 in you know with paul george basically coming back and we'll get into that subject a little later but with him coming back and having that great game the 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 four of those guys uh Bron, ad paul george and Kawhi, okay i i just feel like those those four gentlemen We'll be able to get those those two organizations to the Western Conference finals. And then, you know, it's going to be a bloodbath. Right. But I, I I think I think those two teams have kind of caught their rhythm, even with uh, Patrick Beverly and Rondo being out. I just think now they've they've adjusted. And I, 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 I don't think either one gets
1: the advantage. What about you? Oh, man, this kills me to say this, but I got to be honest here. I am teetering on being out on the Clippers right now. Not as a fan. I'm always going to be wow. a Clippers fan. But I'm teetering on being out for the season. I read something this week where Doc Rivers said that the Clippers organization basically exp- be over, they thought that with this protesting and boycotting that they were going to go ahead and boycott the rest of the season, and no other season will be played. Remember there was a report that came out this week that the only two teams that wanted to boycott the whole year were the Lakers and the Clippers, so now we 're hearing that the Clippers. Players like Kawhi and Paul George, a lot of them thought they were done. And then when they had that vote, was it Thursday morning, and they said we're going to continue to play, that it came as a surprise to some of those guys. That does not give me a good feeling going forward. I'll tell you, it really doesn't. I think these guys, I don't know if their heads are going to be all the way in it. And the fact that they just want to be done, it it tells me that maybe the bubble is really messing with some of these guys more than I'm than I'm thinking, you know. I didn't think being away for, you know, a month or six weeks or eight weeks for an athlete like these these guys making millions of dollars, I didn't think it would be that big of an issue. But obviously it's caused some issue, and I think what's happening with the, you know, with the country and the, you know, the the Jacob Blake incident and all that. I think it just made it even worse for these guys because now they feel like they're stuck in a bubble. They can't even go out and do anything about it. So, I'm really, really concerned about the Clippers. And I, to be honest, I'm really concerned about them getting by Dallas now. Um, the Mavericks now. Luka Doncic has had like four days now to rest that ankle. Because I'll be honest, Game Five. You could tell that what Luca did in Game 4, that unbelievable performance he had in Game 4, he left all his energy and his body on the court Game 4. He just didn't have anything left Game 5. So I expect him to come out Game 6. They play tomorrow, I believe, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I expect him to come out and have another stellar performance. And let me tell you, if he goes out and has another stellar performance, they win, and it goes to Game 7. I wouldn't be surprised that the Clippers get outed by the Mavericks if it goes seven games. I'm just saying I wouldn't. I don't think their head's in it. I don't know if they can get up for a game seven this early in the playoffs. So I'm really, really concerned about the Clippers right now. I'm not – yet ready to anoint the Lakers as the champions of the West or as the champions of the NBA. We'll see how it goes. I need to see, I need to watch, and I need hopefully the Clippers to prove me wrong tomorrow. But I'm really, really concerned about them going forward. And to be honest, right now I've had this Bucks pick basically, you know, all year. I've been saying the Bucs is the year of the Deer. And um, I'm not feeling great about that now with the Jacob Blake thing happening so close to them and what it's done to them emotionally and how you got like a guy like George Hill who just seems devastated out there. I'm really concerned about how the Bucs are going to handle this situation either. You know, teams that deal with this kind of stuff can deal with it two ways. They can either, it can either galvanize them together and they can come together and be great going forward, or it can really just hurt the team and they could be, you know, out the rest of the year and just, you know, have their heads down and, and I just don't know how it's going to be. So I think the boycott put the Lakers in the best spot of the three power teams, to be honest. And we'll just kind of see how it goes going forward. But, yeah, put put me this weekend, man. I'm gonna be on high stress alert between the Matty D racing tonight at <laughs> Daytona and then the Clippers playing tomorrow. I, it's gonna be a stressful weekend for me on the sports front. Yeah, the only thing
0: that I'm just two things I'm worried about with the Clippers and and the the first thing is, man. Um, if you watch it, you know people were pointing out their antics. You know Morris with the Uh, Looks like you can't really prove it, but stepping on Luca's ankle. Uh, You had Patrick Beverly over there on the bench just being a pest and laughing at Kid Gilchrist because he couldn't shoot. And you had Trez kind of joining in. And what I heard was I was listening to local L.A. radio that Kawhi is a little bit getting a little bit fed up with some of the antics. He's just one of those let's go out there and play guys. You know what I'm saying? And yep. so I'm hearing that he just got a little frustrated with that. He's got a little frustrated with some of the lineups as far as Doc and Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson's just a freaking liability. I'm sorry. He can score, man, but what Kawhi's looking for is that cohesion on defense and things of that nature. Um, so so I'm, I'm, that's, I'm a little concerned about that, and I'm a little concerned at some point either they're going to put Pat Bev out because it, I, I, from what I'm hearing, the calf is not getting better. You follow me? So yep. they're going to need Patrick Beverly in round two, no less than round three. You follow me? Absolutely. So so, so I'm a little worried there. Kawhi I'm not worried about. I'm, I'm just not. Kawhi is a robot. He's a machine, man. You know, so he's he's going to be there. But I just think that when the rubber meets the road, and, you know, we kind of talked about Paul George a little bit and the thing where he said was depressed, and I kind of thought about it a little bit and, you and, uh, you, you know, so I'm not going to bag on him because I don't know. I've, I've just never heard of Paul George ever having to deal with that. And I I, w- I would just I just hope that because just like I said, um, when he started talking about anxiety, you know, I, I shared with you that my daughter deals with anxiety and I just felt like, you know, Paul George has just said a lot of crazy things, you know, when, when he left, uh, when he, you know, join Russ in Oklahoma. He said he's going to be there forever. And then when he left, you know, just he's all over the map, man. So I'm I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But at the same time, too, the the Clippers play a lot of ISO ball too, man. The ball just sticks. It doesn't necessarily move. And man, when you can, the one thing about a Frank Vogel defensive team, man. When Frank Vogel has time to prepare, I mean, if you look at the Blazers, the Blazers went from being, and I know they were playing those play-in games, but they went from being the number one offense to basically the second-to-last offense. And I know Dame's injury and stuff like that, but I'm just, that's where I'm a little concerned with, man, in terms of the Clippers. The Lakers, uh, just like I said, if the Lakers shoot, if the Lakers shoot I feel like there's nobody can beat them. I, I really do, man. I really do. So, Clippers Lakers. I still think it's going to be the West Conference Finals, and I'm still going to go with whoever comes out of that. I just think that they'll beat Milwaukee.
1: Yeah, um, kind of the Clippers' antics, man. That was something you hit on there that I wanted to hit on and kind of forgot about there. Yeah, that has really has me concerned as well. And it started back in Game Four. Um, what's been going on the whole playoffs with Pat Bev? I'm like. <laughs> Honestly, I'm to the point now where I'm like, dude, Pat Bev, you either need to play or you need to not be there because you being on the bench is like the biggest distraction ever. I cannot take it anymore. I'm like done with that. Like either shoot Pat Bev up and get him on the court, let him be the dog on the court, but don't let him be the dog on the bench. Okay, that's bad. But you know, game four. Marcus Morris hits a big three-pointer. I don't even know if you remember this. He hits a big three down the stretch, and it got the Clippers the lead, two-point lead, before Luca comes out and hits just his unbelievable game winner. And as soon as he hits it, man, he's, like, putting the gun, holding the gun back in the Holster gesture, and he's eyeing down the bench of the Mavericks. And I'm just like, man, that's not – like, let me tell you, you start doing that stuff to LeBron – and AD, you're not going to get in them head negatively. You're going to piss LeBron and AD off. And yep. You're going to see another version of them that you don't want to see. Yep. So I do not think that that's the route the Clippers want to go. Um, when it comes to the rotation, yeah, so Reggie Jackson, I wish Reggie Jackson would just leave the bubble because I don't even want to see him <laughs> on the court anymore. I'm, like, so done with, like, get Reggie Jackson out of here. Get the Clippers jersey off him. I'm done with Reggie Jackson. I really like that Shamat kid. I think he's really good a really good player. He plays some nice defense and he's a very good three-point shooter, which I think is really gonna help the Clippers down the stretch. So I'm all in like Shamat in, Reggie Jackson, get out of here. Get Pat Bev out of here if he ain't playing. He don't need to be on the bench anymore. So that's kind of what I saw. The, the one thing that is promising for the Clippers that I'm going to kind of hope and, and pray on tonight that it comes through tomorrow was, you know, their blowout win they had before the boycott in game five. Uh, Montrez Harrell looked like Montrez Harrell for yep. the first time yep. in the bubble. He had like 20 points. He had like, uh want to say 11 or 12 rebounds. But dude, of like his 20 points, he's so scrappy. All his points are just like, Hustle, rebounds, and putbacks. They don't run any offense for Montrezl Harrell. I've never seen him post up, and they get feed him the ball, let him do anything. He's just a scrapper. He gets under the the rim, and he just cleans up, you know, hustle plays and that kind of stuff. And it looked to me like Montrez Harrell was back on uh, on Game Five. And if Montrez Harrell is back and Lou Williams and Kawhi are doing their thing and they get any kind of production from Paul George, as long as he's not a liability, even if he shoots 50% from the field. And then I feel really good going forward. But like I say, man, I'm concerned about this Dallas game tomorrow and George is the big. I agree with you I'm not worried about Kawhi at all Kawhi's going to get 30 to 40 points tomorrow he's going to shoot really good from the field and he's going to play pretty good defense it's Paul George and you know the rest of the supporting cast that concerns me the thing that really concerns me about Paul George is when he's off he just like keeps shooting it drives me insane I'm getting off work at like I'll get off work you know leaving about 10 30 and I'll look at the box score in the third quarter and I'm looking and Paul George is- Two or thirteen from the field. I'm like, okay, if you don't have it, stop shooting. You don't have to consistently shoot all the time. So that kind of gets me, you know, just kills me. But yeah, man, going. I'd say I'm I'm on high alert tomorrow, so we'll see how it goes. But ultimately, I really want it to be the Lakers and the Clippers in the finals. That's what I want to happen. I want it to be Lakers, Clippers, Clippers. In the finals for the Western Conference, I want both teams to be fully healthy because I want to scrap. I want them to scrap. I want to have these great conversations with you. I want to get in gift wars with you like we did the other day, and uh, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And ultimately, that's what I hope happens.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I I actually want both teams to close out
0: so they can get that rest, so we can get to the. Uh... I just don't want. You know, the bubble's already crazy. I just don't want. Um... I just don't want the us to be robbed of that, that rightful battle because that's where it was gonna be anyway. So so I'm actually wanting both teams to win. But man, yeah, if the Clippers do lose tomorrow, man, oh my god, all bets are off. So let's let's hope they win and, and close it out, bro. And I think Kawhi won't allow them to lose. So I think we'll I think we'll be fine there. Um uh one more thing I want to say about the NBA in terms of the 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 boycott really quick. I just think that you started hearing the thing that I don't like is you started hearing like the boycott was great. And then the, the, you know, the sports shows, they, they didn't really have anything to talk about. So then they started talking about the the actual, you know, things started leaking about, you know, what actually went on and things of that nature. I I hate that type of stuff, man. They, anytime you have a boycott or you do something, and you got so many strong type A alpha guys, there's going to be conflict. There's going to be, there's going to be disagreements. That's what it's about, right? So yes. for them to keep amplifying and make it seem like, well, LeBron did this, Kawhi did this, everybody was mad at the Bucks. So what, man? I mean, those are just the. Del- and I, I get it. Those debate shows, they have to do that. They have to keep content going, but it just gets a little. Sometimes it gets a little tiring, you know.
1: Yeah, and I I think, you know, the Bucks. I really liked what the Bucs did. I do, you know, from a perspective, it would have been cool if they would have gave Orlando the heads up before the game that they were going to do that. But I think they didn't do that because they wanted it to be a total shock to everybody. They wanted it yeah, to be a shocking yeah. thing that nobody saw coming, and man, the Bucs are boycotting. Like, the, the the reports didn't come out until 10 minutes before tip-off that, man, it's 10 minutes pre kick tip-off, and the Bucks still ain't hit the court yet. Like, what's going on? And then you start to hear in the report. So it would have been cool if they would have let the Magic know, but I understand why they didn't. I sent you a text the other day and told you, hey, man, watch this Mets-Marlins, how they did it. And I loved what they did on Thursday night. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, they did. They came out like they were ready to play the game. Ump says play ball. All the players – put their gloves down, bat everything down, They 42-second pause to commemorate Jackie Robinson, and then they they leave. They all we got together and leave, and so it's like, hey, we're starting, and then, nope, nope, these guys, they're done with it. So I thought that was a great boycott. And, you know, sadly enough, man, yesterday was Jackie Robinson Day for the Major League Baseball. So, you know, for everything to happen this week, and then you got Jackie Robinson Day yesterday was kind of – kind of rough that all this kind of happens the week of Jackie Robinson day. So, but yeah, it's, um, hopefully I I hope these players continue to do their own kind of protesting. I hope, you know, me as a sports fan, I want to see them play just because I'm, I'm biased on that. I want to watch them, but you know, if anybody else decides to do any boycotts I'm down 100% with the cause but ultimately, I do want to see him play. So let him, you know, speak out and do what they they want to do against this. Um, honestly, we didn't even touch about this man, but I'm really, really interested to see what NASCAR does tonight before the race. Um, NASCAR is not going to boycott; these drivers won't boycott the race. Bubba Wallace already came out and said they're not going to do that. However, you know NASCAR is going to do something tonight because NASCAR is a lot more. Uh, on these topics than they were in the past. Remember what they did at Talladega? That was strong, almost brought a tear to my eye. So I'm really, really interested to see what they do tonight because I guarantee you these drivers got something up their sleeve before this race starts tonight.
0: Hey, dude, man, when Bubba Wallace put that tweet out, he was scared, man. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I went to the mentions, man, and I was like, oh, my goodness. I just don't see – it's it's just the – The total heel turn on some of the fans towards Bubba, it's unbelievable, man. When I saw that tweet, I was like, oh, let me just go check the mentions. When I checked the mentions, I just got off, man. But it was just like,
1: wow, you know. Yeah, don't check the mentions, man. Don't read the comments. That's my new. That's my new. You know how uh, what's his name says, don't hit send. Ah, was it uh, Herm Herm Edwards always says, yeah. don't hit send. Well, mine is don't read the comments. When I see that kind of stuff, I just I don't even open it. I look at it on my news feed and I just keep scrolling. I don't read comments. There
0: you go. There you go. It's pretty funny, man. But look, man, let's get let's talk a little NFL, man. Um, I'll tell you what, man. Once again, I've fallen into that trap about our Cowboys. It looks like we've got a solid team behind us, man. And I keep seeing the videos of this kid, Trayvon Diggs, uh, almost making interceptions, shutting down receivers, man. Him and CeeDee Lamb have just been battling, and it's been neck and neck. I'm so excited about our Cowboys, man. I just, you know, Dak, I know people keep, People keep getting it it's pretty funny. Dave Hellman brought up a, a good point. If you if he if you tweet out something about oh Dak had four touchdowns, then people are gonna be pissed off at the secondary. Yep. If you tweet if you tweet out something about uh uh you know the defense is winning the day, then they're gonna be pissed off at Dak. Yep. He said so you 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 can't. He said you can't win either way. But just um, Jay Glazer was on Colin Carherd's, uh Show Wednesday, and he talked about Cowherd asked him. You know, Cowherd is kind of out on the Cowboys. You know, he's a fence rider. That's what yep. Colin does. But you yep. asked Jay, what was the difference between Cowboys camp uh, this year as compared to last year? And and Jay was up front, man. Jay said, you know, hey, uh, McCarthy's a grunt. And those guys have got, it's, it's kind of gotten back to the Jimmy Johnson days of of training camps, and and he says just grunt work, you know, it's it's a total different team, the physicality, things of that nature. He did say, and, and Glazer say, look, I'm not bashing Jason Garrett. Uh, he said I'm not. Jason's a good friend of mine. He says, but. You know, Jason's, you know, after 10 years, has gotten stale, things of that nature. And he said at that point, he felt like Jason was just such an intellect that he feels Jason is a, should be a, a front office guy. You know, that's just how it goes. And um, but he said that he, he said that Dallas is on the come up and he's very excited about,
1: um, you, you know, what what's in store for uh, the Cowboys this year. Yeah, man. Yeah, I love watching this stuff from practice. Yeah, Trayvon Diggs might actually be the difference maker of this team because that is the one area that I am – i'll be honest though it's a slight concern it's not even a major concern but the one area i'm slightly concerned with is cornerback um I'm, I'm i like anthony brown i think he's a good cornerback the losing byron jones is gonna hurt the secondary a little bit i mean byron jones is a really good corner for us for the last few years understand why they let him go the money was just way way too high but it is gonna hurt so if, if trayvon days can step in and be you know that starter with Anthony Brown and you know Bay Awuzie. I've said before, I'm like I don't even know what to think about him because I really like him better at the safety spot. He drives me nuts at corner, but because he doesn't turn around and look at the ball. And I saw the video that I saw of Trayvon Diggs. Exactly, he did exactly what Awuzie does not do. The ball's on the way. He turns around. He's in perfect position. He swats the ball down. I'm like, man, maybe Awuzie can take a picture of that and maybe learn how to do that himself. <laughs> <laughs> Awuzie's got all the tools. He just, you know, hopefully comes into it this year. So yeah, I'm really, really excited for that team this year. And looking at it, man, I did a little bit of looking in the NFC. I uh, wanted to kind of, I knew we were going to talk some football. So I kind of looked at the NFC yesterday. And I'll be honest, NFC's got a lot of good teams, but they don't have, I don't believe they have a lot of great teams in the NFC this year. So I really believe that the NFC is up for the taking for the Cowboys. If you look at the East, the only team in the East that I think is even going to compete with Dallas is going to be Philadelphia. But I'm still not, not, uh, sold on Philadelphia. I still think that the Jalen Hurts. Draft pick is gonna just I think that's gonna bite that locker room, you know, going forward. I mean, Carson Wentz has gotta feel a certain kind of way, knowing they spent a second round pick on Jalen Hurts. So I'm I'm kinda thinking that Philly's gonna be more of an eight and eight squad this year. And obviously I don't expect New York or Washington to do much of anything. So I think the NFC East is up for the take in, and I really think we can get eleven, twelve wins. Um The NFC South is absolutely stacked, but they're going to beat each other up. Week one, if you look at the schedule, because I was kind of looking at that too, uh, week one, you've got the Saints and the Bucks playing each other week one. So you got Tom versus Drew right out of the gate. So, you know, those teams are going to end up beating each other up down the stretch. The Falcons are a pretty good team as well. Uh, So Carolina is not going to be much of anything. So you're going to have three teams in that division that are going to be really good. And then if you go out to the West, the Niners, you know, who are the team, that everybody, you know, went to the Super Bowl last year. A lot of people think are going to be good. The Niners are going to be good as well. But that Arizona team is on the come up out there in the West. Now they've got DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray, and they play them Week One. It's it's Arizona and San Francisco Week One. So yeah, I, I really think the NFC is up for the taking. And then with those week one matchups, man, week one, week two, week three of the NFL this year are gonna be crazy because of no preseason, no live action. It's hard to tell what's gonna come out. I'm expecting these teams to come out super rusty. I think you're gonna have a lot of penalties, and unfortunately, I think you're gonna have a lot of injuries because these guys aren't in quite in game shape yet with not you know having any preseason. So I hope and pray we can get through those first three games, at least be sitting two and one after three games and be relatively healthy, and then I think we'll be you know off to the races and ready to run this thing down the stretch
0: yeah man yeah totally agree with you man I um yeah it's it's you know like we had talked about we talked about looking at if 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 they if key people stay healthy and they come together I think it's going to come down to Tampa and Dallas in the NFC championship game and I I honestly think that Dallas has a good shot of, of making the uh, Super Bowl, man. Um, another thing I want to talk about with the Cowboys, too. Um, Esch, the Wolf Hunter, dude, they said he has been all over the place. B- borderline to the point where they're like, we, we need to take Leighton off the field for a little bit and give us a break. Right. Seriously, he's been that dominant, dude and that 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 rookie that Francis Bernard man watch out for that guy they say he is awesome too so man i dude i know just like i said i know i fall into that trap every year but i just i supremely think that we're going to the super bowl i really believe
1: well, that I'll, I'll tell you one thing uh Vander Esch being out last year down the stretch hurt Dallas more than anything. I think if Vander Esch would have played in those last you know, five, six games where he sat with that neck injury – I think the end of the year would have been a lot different for the Cowboys. I think they probably would have beat Philadelphia, and they would have at least been to the playoffs. And then once you get in the playoffs, you know, who knows what would happen. So, yeah, I, Vander Esch is a key piece to that D. But something else, I agree with you. I really believe the stars aligning, it's going to end up being Dallas and Tampa. They're going to meet in the playoffs, either in the divisional round or in the NFC Championship game. I hope that it ends up being the NFC Championship game. And it's going to be a hard game for me, man, because I love Tom Brady. I'm a big Tom Brady fan. Man. So it's going to be hard. Obviously, I'm going to root for my Cowboys, but I like Tom. But part of me thinks Dallas kind of sees this, too, because they kind of built that roster, I feel like, to go against Tom Brady. And the reason I say that is the one way you've beaten Tom Brady his whole career, his kryptonite, is a pass rush. If you can get three, four guys pass rushing and getting in Brady's face, he's not a mobile quarterback, especially at this age. And the Cowboys adding Everson Griffin, adding Denari Poe, unfortunately, adding Jerry McCoy before his injury, and then already having Tank Lawrence out there, Tyrone Crawford's coming back. I mean, that D line is stacked. I really think the Cowboys match up really, really good against Tampa Bay because they're going to be able to pressure Brady with four guys. So, yeah, I'm super stoked for this year. And man, I'm we're like two weeks away. Next week on the pod, I think we're like a week away. We kind of do a whole NFL preview going into the year. So, man, it's going to be we got some good stuff heading our way
0: absolutely man and 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 we you hadn't even mentioned randy gregory hopefully at some point he can get back on the field because i think he's ready to go oh ab- absolutely so i i yeah man absolutely but yeah you're right man maybe next week we can do the uh, nfl preview man and 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 just go all nfl i'm in on that brother
1: yeah would love to obviously we've got the southern 500 going on next weekend too uh so labor day weekend um first round of the playoffs. so like i say i went I went, I'm went. i not kidding. I literally went to the store last week and bought an eight-pack of, of AA batteries for my remote. Like, I want to take no chances that I'm going to be wearing this remote control out. I uh, was hoping to be wearing it out today and tomorrow with our boy Tiger uh, sitting a little bit higher on the leaderboard for this FedEx Cup. But, man, he played like garbage yesterday. I don't know if you got a chance to see that, but... Yeah, Tiger was like eight shots back. He shot like – I think he shot like five over yesterday or something. He's, he did not look good yesterday. He's actually playing right now as we speak.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, we had talked about that. I really, truly think that – that course is just grueling. And he just doesn't have the body. I mean, he looks great, don't get me wrong. But uh, he, he just – that's just a course. I just look at this now as him tuning his game ultimately for November and the Masters um i i really think i mean it would have been nice if he would have you know made the you made the tour championship or whatever but at the same time i want him to be healthy and raring to go in in, in augusta because he has the game don't get me wrong he has the game and i really want him to be able to defend that master's title uh i think he has a good shot there man so so yeah you know i'll, I'll check in on him and see, uh, you know, how, you know, if he advances up the leaderboard or whatever. But, uh, yeah, man, you know, didn't – I really didn't expect him to to do much of anything in in terms of – even being in the top five, you know?
1: Yeah, me neither, and I think at this point, is correct. I can't remember if you said this, or somebody else I talked to, but I I, I don't know who it was, but if it was you, sorry, I'm not giving you credit, but at this stage in Tiger's career, he's kind of like Masters or nothing. I think that's really the only only major tournament that he can win, and it's just because it it plays to his strengths a little bit, and he's such a smart golfer, and you've got to be smart at playing the Masters, and he knows that Augusta course just like the bag of his hand. so... I agree with you. Hopefully, you know, I want him. I, I'm still pulling for him everywhere else. But ultimately, uh, I hope he's able to at least be it. I just want him to be in the top five. I want him to be on Sunday at Augusta Sunday. I want him to be in contention with that red shirt on and at least have a chance to win. So that's all I want.
0: You know it, brother. You know it. Well, look, man, this has been great, man. Uh, another strong uh, another strong episode by us, man. And uh, I, we will get this up as quick as we can. Man, listen, have a great rest of your weekend. Let's enjoy all the sports tonight, and uh, have a good one, man. All right, man, you too. All right, take it easy, bud.